Hey folks, this is Kevin. On this week's episode of Risk, you'll hear Blair Saki. She told me I was gonna be exposed to death very soon. <laughs> that and more. But first, the storystudio.org is where you will find so many storytelling training opportunities, like our two-day live online group storytelling for business workshop on May 15th and 16th with Brad Lawrence. Now, Brad also teaches a lot of our corporate workshops. Businesses love working with the Story Studio. We have done extraordinary workshops for businesses like Google and Pfizer and Citibank, American Express, USA Today, Princeton University, NYU, Zendesk, the list just goes on. You can find all of that at thestorystudio.org. Also, do you want to meet other Risk fans and have fun, meaningful conversations? Join us for the next Risk Common Core Interactive Fan Discussion Event on Wednesday, April 21st at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. It's free. Just go to risk-show.com slash tour. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Now here's the show.
Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison. This is RJ DJ behind me now. And we're calling this week's episode Stranger Danger. It's just kind of a joke. These are three stories of encounters with strangers that just got kind of weird. Well, I'll tell you, we just had a phenomenal live stream on Friday. It was sold out. So, I really encourage you to get your tickets for the next one ASAP. The next one is Friday, May 14th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And tickets are at risk-show.com slash tour. We have had so much success with live streams that we're thinking of including a live streaming element to future shows that we might do in front of actual audiences in theaters again, when, when that does start up again. But let's jump into the stories. In a little bit, we're going to hear from Blair Saki, hilarious comedian, shared a story with us a couple years ago when we were live at the Bell House in Brooklyn. But before that, a little something from Shelley Slocum, who you can find on Instagram at Shelly Slow Camera. Here's Shelley now with a story we call Snotty Bagel. So this was pre-COVID, but I... I came out of a coffee shop and I saw a food truck that was selling bagel sandwiches. And I was like, ooh, I've never had one of these before. And so I get in line and I order and then I move over to the other window and I'm waiting to pick it up. And I look through the window there and the guy that's making the sandwiches is coughing <laughs> and he's sniffling while he's making all of this food. And I look to my left, and there are a bunch of people who are enjoying these sandwiches. And I look to my right, and there are quite a line of people waiting to order more sandwiches. And I'm like, oh, are all of these people going to be infected by this guy? Is that what's going to happen? And then he calls my name, Shelly, and he hands me the bag. And I take it with two fingers, and I hold it like a dirty tissue. And I'm like, should I say something? Should I have said something? I don't know what to do. And I walk to my car, and I kind of throw it in on the passenger's side, and I like look at it at the seat there, and I'm very aware of where my fingers have touched the bag because I'm thinking about it being contaminated, and uh, I'm kind of torn up inside. But I get in, and I start driving, and I have to go to Trader Joe's because I have to get groceries, and I don't have much time before I have to pick up the kids. And so I go through Trader Joe's, I go to the checkout, and the woman who's helping me do the checkout, she's like, hey, how are you? She recognizes me because I'm in Trader Joe's all the time. And I'm like, hi. And I answer honestly because that's who I am. Well, I just went through this funny thing, actually. And I, I'm a little torn up because, you know, I ordered the sandwich and the guy coughed all over it. And she looks at me and she's like, well, did you say anything? And I'm like, no. She's like, well, you should go back there and return the sandwich. And I'm like, you think I could? Even now, even though it's been so long, she's like, yeah, you deserve to go back there and return that sandwich. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, 
I think I just might. And I get in the car and I realize I have just enough time before I have to pick up the kids from school. I can get back down there to that food truck. So I go. I go to the food truck. I wait in the line again, holding this gross bag. And I get up there to the woman and I say, hey, I I don't want to eat this. He was coughing on it. And she lowers her voice because, of course, there's customers around. And she says, well, he's not sick. And I say, okay, well, I don't want to eat this because I saw him coughing on it. And she said, well, what do you want me to do about it? And I say to her, I would like for you to refund me. And I hand her the bag with the bagel. And she refunds me. And I feel fantastic. I feel amazing. And I'm reminded of something my husband said about a Buddhist monk who essentially wanted to live an authentic life. And if he wasn't, if he went through something where he was making a mistake and he wasn't authentic, he would go back and he would redo that moment until it felt authentic. And I am smiling and I am realizing in that moment, the reason I feel so good is that I am living just like that Buddhist monk, that my words are important, my boundaries are important, and your boundaries are important. Everyone's boundaries are important, and the words you use to speak those boundaries are important. And I walk away feeling the warm sun on my body, and I realize... I am so hungry. I guess I became a woman when I had a psychic come to my 12th birthday party and she made everyone cry. <laughs> like four out of the eight of us cried. It was such an abortion of a birthday party that the GOP would ban me from all future birthday parties if they could. I don't know why. I wanted a psychic to come, I guess because like I thought all the other sleepover parties were a little played out and I was obsessed with death. I don't know. Um, I was a big reader and really into fantasy and stories and magic and escape. A sensitive 12-year-old little freak, if you will. Um, I don't know, I asked my mom about this whole kerfuffle last week and she said that it was her idea to have the psychic. And I was like, no way, it was my bitch. Um, but honestly, this whole thing is so much worse if it actually was her idea. Um, so I remember it being a chilly October night in the Southern California suburbs 
and if there was going to be any mischief where I grew up, you know, we had to create it ourselves. My older brothers were sleeping at a friend's house that night, and my dad was away on business, I think, or a golf trip or something. I don't know what it was, but uh, my mom got all the manly men out of the house so that they wouldn't poo-poo all the things that come along with, like, a little girl's sleepover and a fortune teller. <laughs> my mom was cool. She's a stay-at-home mom, like, a good one at that. But um, she also has, like, a no-crying-in-baseball type of toot, as you'll find out. Um, so what did I think this sidekick was going to tell us? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe uh, when our periods and tits were going to come... If Charlie the Vassar like me or this girl Megan, um, if if I would grow up to be an actress or an inventor, if I was gonna marry Justin Timberlake, <sighs> I guess you think a psychic is gonna understand context in this situation <laughs> that it's a 12-year-old's birthday party and keep it positive and light. <sighs> But really, we did not have any sort of vetting process. <laughs> there is no TSA for psychics. No, back in the 90s, we found this bitch in the penny saver. <laughs> there was no Yelp back then. No Google or background check. Little did we know that this lady was like the Craigslist killer of psychics. <sighs> so we're all in the den hanging out, eating snacks, and waiting for our turn. And my mom told us not to tell each other's readings until the end, because um, it would be a surprise. <laughs> and I remember it was just like a smoky fall smell in the air and um you know we waited till nighttime so it had like a spooky feeling and I was up first because everyone else was scared which should have been a sign um <laughs> and my mom and I set it up like you had to walk out to the backyard along this path to a secluded table <laughs> Only by candlelight. We put votive candles along the walkway to give it a real vibe. And I remember being really nervous to walk out there, um, which is a weird way to feel at your own birthday in your own backyard. Uh, this lady could have molested us all, honestly. That could have even maybe been a better outcome than what happened. <laughs> When I got out there, she looked like just a way more banged up Stevie Nicks. Um, she just looked like she took down a pack of heaters a day and probably got into some meth in like the California desert. Her name was Terry. Of course her name was Terry. And um, she was wearing a lot of drapey clothes and was just supremely unimpressed. 
This woman was like if the character of the children eating which in Hansel and Gretel came to life. So I got there and, you know, and it's just the whole thing's feeling like hocus pocus or like I'm walking the plank and just like I have this general vibe that shit's about to go down. So she made like no pleasantries, very clinical, no happy birthdays. <laughs> or warmth. <laughs> Just right off the bat, she was like, all right, let me see your hand. Okay, I see these lines. Uh, this is a good line. It's your birthday. Your dad doesn't love you. <laughs> and I was like, how do you know that? <laughs> and she was like, well, he's not here, is he? <laughs> and in my head, in my 12-year-old head, I was like, damn, I don't have a comeback, dude. <laughs> the whole thing went by so fast, I was stunned, you know? You know when like you're so shocked that someone pulls something like that so you don't even react? Well, okay, so I didn't do anything and then on the walk back, I was just full crying. And I was just like, think, I was like, wait, does my dad love me? <laughs> does a girl's night mean your dad doesn't love you? Is this bitch highlighting the truth that I was otherwise unaware of? And actually just afraid to take an honest look at? <sighs> and then I had to clean off my tears and pretend. <laughs> I remember just walking back to the group in the house ready to be just fake as fuck. Um, I got back and I was like, yeah, it was so fun. <laughs> it was great. What a great sidekick. <laughs> Who wants to go next? <laughs> in, my, in my mind, I was saying, okay, I'm just a fluke. You know, she really doesn't think my dad loves me. She had to tell me out of some sort of psychic moral obligation. <laughs> I'm unique. There's no way she would say any other bad shit to any of my other friends. She's gonna make this a fun birthday party. <laughs> Terry is not a terrorist. Um, then another one of my friends goes, Allison Wright. And she comes back absolutely sobbing and can barely get her words out. She's like, she told me I was gonna be exposed to death very soon. Here's the thing, her grandma had just died a few weeks before. Had to have just been a lucky guess. You can't be evil and right, right? 
So here's Allison wailing like someone had just died or something. And everyone's comforting her. And I remember kind of being mad at her. Cause like she was so upset that everyone was really concerned for her. And it was my birthday party. I was like, have you no decency to hide your true feelings? She stopped being my friend after that day. Um, Oh my God, poor Allison thinking another person is gonna die. I mean, insane. (sighs) So a few more girls go and have like relatively uneventful readings that we know about, at least. They could have just had the decency to hide it went the classy rule and showed some damn restraint. (laughs) But then it's time for this girl, Christine, to go. And Christine goes and comes back, (laughs) choke crying. (laughs) And she's like, she said my dad had a drinking problem. Christine is freaking the fuck out. She is infinitely more upset than Allison. I don't even know if her dad had a drinking problem or not. Who can know with these shifty 12-year-olds? But if he didn't, this bitch was putting on an Oscar-winning performance. I mean, at this point, it was just like bedlam. It was... Absolutely crazy, cruel, cruel bedlam. And I am just thinking, okay, thank you, Terry. You're just telling us facts about ourselves. These aren't even predictions of the future. You're just like zeroing in on what the saddest aspects of our lives are. At my birthday party, Terry's reading should have just been to everyone, happy birthday, fuck you, you know? At this point, I run into my mom's room where she had been trying to, like, stay in there to give us some space. (laughs) And I am furious and crying, just like, why didn't you scream this lady? (laughs) Terry the terrorist! She ruined my life. I was so mad. I told my mom that Terry said my dad didn't love me. And she was just like, oh, because he's away playing golf? How ridiculous is that? What a bunch of baloney. And my mom has a very walk it off mentality. She went out to smooth things over, cool as ever, and was just like, well, girls, you know, life is in the bowl of cherries. Um, Who can know what you're gonna get with these wackos? Don't make a big deal of it. Who wants ice cream? (laughs) I was so mad. Just like, you couldn't have found a fortune teller better at lying? And she was like, well, how could I have known? You can't predict the future, Blair. (laughs) 
I was like, bitch, you kind of buried the lead on that one, don't you think? <laughs> My dad came home the next day, nice as ever, asking about my birthday party. <laughs> and you know, I hugged him, but I also looked at him for a much longer time than normal. <laughs> I will never know the truth about that day. Either this lady took her job very seriously and could not lie to us, or else she was just a ruthless cunt. Either way, I think it made us much stronger people. <laughs> Thank risk this is stereo mcs behind me now you know when the state was first hired by mtv my sketch comedy group i decided oh my god i've got to figure out what this mtv thing is because i had never lived in a house where cable television was considered something affordable it was always considered a luxury every place i'd ever lived before but i happened to be living with a roommate <laughs> who had cable just in her room at that time. So I would sneak up into her room without her knowing it when she wasn't there to watch MTV and start to learn all about <laughs> what was hip on the channel. And I remember this song made quite an impression on me. And En Vogue, Free Your Mind, the Blind Lemon song with the B-Girl, Onyx, that song by Onyx, Slam, I think it was, Spin Doctors, all that stuff. Anyway, before Stereo MCs, we heard from Blair Saki. You can find Blair on Instagram at Blair Saki. That's S-O-C-C-I. And before that, a little interstitial all about coughing by our episode editor, Jeff Barr. Folks, if you like good old-fashioned true crime mysteries, if you like stories where you feel like you're a detective finding clues, 
June's Journey is the name of this new game that you can play on your iPhone or your Android. You are uncovering the mystery of June's sister's murder. It's this well-to-do family in the 1920s living in a great Gatsby-like mansion. Each scene uncovers new aspects of the story. Some parts are in New York. Some parts are in Paris. There's all kinds of objects you're finding and trying to assess whether they're meaningful or not. You collect information, filling out your own photo album, and you're keeping track of all the characters. There's romance. There's scandalous family secrets. It feels like a really fun play or movie. And I've only made it through like five scenes, but I am told you could crack the case. All you need is an internet connection and downloading on iOS or Android. So discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey i'm brett podolsky co-founder of the farmer's dog we make fresh food for dogs we started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog jada when she stopped eating ultra processed kibble and started eating fresh whole food the farmer's dog food isn't fancy it's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs it's better for them and easier for you get 50 percent off your first box at the podcast that's the slash podcast Folks, the latest bit of bonus content over on Patreon is an anecdote compilation. Three different anecdotes that Jeff Barr edited together into one compilation, including one by Jay. And I'm thinking, well, we're fucked. We're fucked. And I'm going to lose absolutely everything just because of one tiny little dumb, gray, stupid pill that I fucking hated so much at that very moment so there is so much wonderful bonus content to be found over there at patreon.com slash risk your donations help to keep this show running 
in a very, very, very needed way. And I have to give a shout out to our newest Patreon member, Emma King. Thank you so much, Emma. We always give a shout out when someone is giving $25 or more per month. And if you'd like to make a one-time donation, that's at paypal.me slash risk show. Our final story on this week's episode comes to us from DRC Charrington Neal. It's DRC's second time on the show, and this story was shared at a recent live stream of ours. A kind of a horror comedy story. You can find DRC at Dr. Charrington on Twitter, and here he is now with a story we call The Jamie Lee in Me. In my house, horror movies are like the absolute best thing that we love to do. Like we are a horror family. That is our shit. That is what we do. And you know, it didn't matter what kind of horror it was, zombies, monsters, mutants, it like it didn't matter. Which, if I think about it a little bit more, is a little bit weird because my mother is an ordained evangelist. I mean, I really can't think about that too much because if I do, then the whole thing will just like fall apart. And like as I was watching it, in our house, we had two patron saints. And on one side, it was Ellen Ripley from Aliens. And then on the other side, we had Laurie Strode, or AKA, the baddest bitch. Because that is who she is. And I realized now in thinking about it, that if I had been paying more attention, like when I saw all those Halloween spinoffs, I should have been paying more attention. Because I didn't realize that I was going to become Laurie Strode. Uh, my sophomore year of college. And that is literally exactly what happened. So I went to school in Pembroke, North Carolina, which used to be the 13th poorest place. And it's down south. It's on the border of South Carolina. It's a really small place. And people down there get a little cray when it comes to events. Like they, they get very extra because there's not a lot of things to do. But because I'm a wheelchair user and because everything is small... That was actually good for me because it meant that it was easy to get from place to place. You don't get lost. And, you know, like everything is generally small and tidy. It also means that in the event of an emergency, there is nowhere to run to. And this is what I discovered on my uh, my sophomore year on Halloween night. So I'm going to a party uh, at my friend's house, which was a couple blocks up the street, and I forget a bottle of wine. So, you know, I was dressed in regular clothes. I didn't have a costume because back then I was just a baby gay. And you know, now I keep an army bag full of Britney Spears costumes for the gods. But like back then that just wasn't a thing. So I was on my way back to my room and in front of me, about in 400 feet in front of me, there was this trio of black girls who were going into my dorm, Pine Hall. And as they were sliding the door, I'm sitting there watching them. They let out this blood curdling scream, turn around and like just, bounce, just run past me. And I'm just like, excuse me, like you're just gonna run past me and not even explain what the danger is? You're black! 
I'm black, you black. Can you please help a brother out? Jesus, rude. And so I'm sitting there watching them just run away. And I'm like, well, what is the deal? I look in at my building and the lights are flickering. So I'm thinking, oh, that's cute. The RAs are just like trying to set a mood. As I'm sitting there watching, from the front door comes out this guy dressed as Michael Myers. And we're talking 6'3", you know, painted mask, blue jumpsuit, the whole nine, and an actual butcher knife. How did I know that it was a butcher knife, might you ask? Because at that exact moment, all this beeping started going off and I heard all this little like flickering and flashing and it was people's cell phones because the university had just issued a warning and I look at my phone and it says, intruder alert, unknown intruder on campus with an edged weapon, do not approach. Bitch, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like I literally heard, dun dun. Done, like in my head, and I was like, what is going on? And so this dude starts walking up on me with the knife, like twirling it in them long ass strides that only serial killers know how to do. And I'm just like, I pull a quick reverse. And you know, I start doing the classic white girl thing. I run to every building, I'm tugging on doors, I'm pulling on locks. I'm trying to do what I've seen every white girl in every horror movie do, because you know, it's a thing. But you know, I'm thinking to myself, all right, look, okay, so I'm not white. I'm not gonna trip on a branch and fall. That's literally impossible in my wheelchair. So like, what can I do? And like, he is following me from like place to place to place, just like walking behind with them deep strides. And so I was like, okay, okay, okay. How can we get out of this? And so I was like, I'm gonna outsmart that ass. So I decide to go around him all the way, like after bobbing and weaving through all of these buildings, and I go to the front of the building instead, where my friend Amy was an RA on duty. And I was like, Amy, can you, you know, can you let me in please? And she was like, yeah, no problem. So as Amy is punching in the keys, she stops halfway and she looks up and she's like, I, I, I can't let you in. And I was like, bitch, why the fuck not? And she like points, Michael Myers has come strolling out of the bushes and is now coming up on me again. He has been following me all night long at this point. And she was like, you know, university policy dictates that in the event of emergency, I can't put students at risk. Man, fuck them students, bitch, open this door. And she was just like, I really would love to, I want to, but I can't risk the student. Girl, if you don't stop playing with me, open the door. And she was just like, I mean, can't you just go around? No, I can't go around. Can you open the door before I die, shit? And so like, we're arguing. She finally is like, okay, okay, okay. And so she literally slides her card as I get through the door and we do it just in enough time to slam the door in this dude's face. And he walks up on it and starts tapping his knife on the glass, breathing all hard with the fog on the mirror. And like, seriously, at that point, it went from being a prank to just being really like fucking crazy. Because like, if you wanted to do a prank, like that was cute and you established yourself, but like, I don't know what you want. Who the hell is this? Like, why are you still walking around? Okay, this has worn off 20 minutes ago. You've been doing this shit for like an hour now. And so my friend Amy was like, if you want to stand there, bitch, that's fine. But we're calling the cops. So just like, you know, that's what we're doing. So then he gonna look at us, tap his knife a few more times and leave. And so I'm tripping because I'm just like, I don't understand anything that is going on. And I'm trying to forgive Amy and my spirit for almost getting me killed. I go over to the elevator 
And I'm heading back upstairs. And in my building, uh, it was five floors. And the elevator had this annoying habit of it would have to go all the way to the top. And then it would come down like one by one by one. Unless somebody from the outside like stopped it on the way while it was going up. So I head upstairs to go change my clothes because <laughs> a bitch is not going to a party now. We are not in party mode. I no longer feel like partying. <laughs> and I'm just like... While I'm changing my clothes, I'm literally trying to think about the fact that, like, yo, there is an unknown dude with an actual weapon walking around our campus, and the cops are nowhere to be seen. <laughs> Nobody is caring about it. Everybody on Instagram, hashtagging shit. And, like, yo, th this is every horror movie ever. Dead bodies are about to start piling up, and nobody gives a fuck. And so I was literally trying not to freak out, and I head back downstairs. And by that point, <laughs> miraculously, the cops show up. And so we started explaining this whole situation. I told them what was going on and they were like, okay, we'll be around. And I'm like, sure, Jan, sure. <laughs> and so they leave and, you know, Amy was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of the night. And I was like, girl, please get you a Xanax, drink you some wine and chill. <laughs> and I, I said, I'm gonna go back upstairs and lock my door. So I pressed the elevator to go back upstairs and the door opens and there's this dude in there with like plaid and the huge Coke bottle frames, screams nerd. Like, cause literally who was doing their laundry on Halloween night? I mean, come on now, really? And then the other person on the other side, there was another girl in there who was dressed like a cheerleader. And quite frankly, I don't know if that was her everyday wear or if she was just partying, but you know, it was Halloween, so everything is permissible. Now, looking at this, if I had thought about it a little bit more, I wouldn't have took my ass in that box. Because when you have a nerd, and a cheerleader, and a black person, that is three-fourths of the formula of death. And if I had thought about it a little bit more, I would not have taken it. But I said, this is what we gonna do. So I got in the elevator, and we start going back up to the fourth floor where I live. It stops on two, right? Door opens. I look out, there's nobody there. So somebody had pressed it from outside or like whatever. So then we're just standing there waiting for the door to close, right? And arm slides in. And it's fucking Michael Myers, who walks right up in our elevator, who came in behind a student and knew, nobody knew. So now we are face to face with this motherfucker in this box. And when I tell you all three of us flipped out, the girl in the corner let out this scream and she had to clamp down. Cause I was like, bitch, if you don't shut that shit up before we die, the nerd in the corner literally had to turn himself to the side and start saying the Lord's Prayer under his breath. And I'm over there in my wheelchair, like trying to like make my chair as small as possible in the corner and like trying not to think about the fact that <laughs> this could literally be the moment in which we are dying. And we had to sit there for 30 seconds and watch as the elevator moved from floor to floor. And all I could hear was this man's breathing in this mask in dead silence as he's dragging this knife along the metal box of the elevator for no reason. And like all of us are just in the elevator like, what the fuck, like who is this? And so, you know, by the time it got to my floor, I had to dip, I bounced out. I, you know, to this day, I don't really know what happened to them other two people. Lord, I hope that they're doing well, but that is not my ministry and that is not what I came to do. I came to live in this motherfucker. So that's what I was going to do. So I went to my room, locked it and did not come out for the rest of the night. Now, you know, in thinking about this, I was just thinking that, again, it's crazy that an unknown uh, intruder just walked up on our campus in the middle of the night. To this day, we never found out who it was. 
There were some rumors that it was a random person from another city who just like walked in on our campus to be fun because again, it was the South. But it honestly made me think about the fact that as a wheelchair user, that is a very vulnerable place to be in. And like, you don't really have a whole lot of options. So after that, I literally um, changed the wheelchair that I use. I went and got a lightweight. I went and added a bag to the back of my chair with supplies because again, Lori Schrode is the patron saint. So like whatever goes down and whatever happens, I will always be prepared. is all for this week's episode folks this is the rex behind me now and we just heard from drc charrington neil who you can find on twitter at dr charrington and the editing of that story the music and all that you heard was done by our episode editor jeff barr Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Have you ever wanted to share an anecdote on the show? One of those super short stories that focus mostly on just one incident, like Shelley Slocum's story at the top of today's show? Now, everything you need to know about pitching us your anecdotes is at risk-show.com slash anecdotes. Remember, you can follow us on our socials. We're at Risk Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at the Kevin Allison. The Risk Podcast Fans Discussion Group on Facebook is a place to talk about the podcast with fellow fans as is our subreddit, At Risk Podcast. And folks, did you know you can hire me personally for storytelling training? I am at kevinallison.com. 
I also do personalized little video greetings for fans at cameo.com slash the Kevin Allison. Folks, today's the day. Take a risk. Three.